Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. Who is ready to receive tonight and expectant for what God has in store? I know that I am. Earl sends his love. He prayed over me before I step up stepped up here. He's at the airport getting to go speak for a friend, but he is here and he is sending his love. He is here in spirit. But tonight I have a word on my heart and it goes um, to the series that we've been in, in the book of Colossians. And tonight I'm talking about hope. And the title of my message is who turned off the lights? Colossians one, we are going to jump right in Colossians one verse three and five. We always thank God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and for the love you have for all of God's people. Verse 5, the faith and the love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven, about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. And I feel like more than ever, we all need hope. Our world is crazy. Every time you turn on the news, you hear something, you read about something, you see something. The situations that we live in sometimes feel like, is it ever going to turn out right? And this is an oldie but a goodie. It could sound like very basic, but sometimes we got to get back to the basics because sometimes we use other things to become a crutch instead of hoping in our living Savior who has a plan and a purpose for every single battle we face. Fear and anxiety and heaviness is at an all-time high in our world, and the enemy is trying to snuff out hope. But tonight I'm pushing hope, hope not in man, hope not in circumstances, but hope in Jesus Christ. Here's the definition of hope. I have it on the screen. Hope is commonly used to mean a wish. Like, I hope things get better, I hope you come over, I hope it works out. Its strength is in the strength of the person's desire. But lean into this. But in the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised, and its strength is in his faithfulness. That is hope. Take a screenshot of that, because you're going to be, need to be reminded this week. So many of us need hope. We need hope for a breakthrough in our finances. We need hope in relationship struggle and drama. We need hope for our families. Our family situations seem like, are they ever going to turn around? We need hope to know if we should get that business off the ground. We need hope to know, should we sell that business? We need hope to know, should we buy that house? We need hope to know, should you keep going? I feel like some of us are on the brink of wanting to give up. And the enemy would love to make you lose your peace, lose your joy, and be down in the dumps and discouraged and feel like you're alone. But tonight I'm praying that you'd be reminded that you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and that God will never leave you or forsake you. And that when we hope in him, not in a situation, not in a circumstance, not in a text message, not in Instagram, not in what happens in the news, not what happens in government, when we hope in Jesus... Then we have peace that surpasses all understanding. There's so many issues today that blind us and blur our vision and make hope become dim. Jesus is the light of the world, 
And his light, his grace, his love is so bright, so bold, so beautiful. But the problems that we have try to put a damper and a dimmer. You know those light switches have dimmers and you can make the lights go higher or lower? And so that's what the enemy is trying to do with your hope. It started off bright. You're full of faith, full of joy, full of expectation. And then life hit, click, didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. Hope down a little bit more. Life hit, this marriage isn't what I thought it was going to be. Life hit, I didn't get the job that I thought I was going to get. Life hit, I don't know how to raise my child at such and such age. And before you know it, your hope gets dim. There's a story in the Bible because sometimes what happens when your hope gets dim, it makes you compromise your vision. It makes you make decisions in the dark or when things seem dim that you wouldn't normally make. We're going to look at the story of Jacob and Isaac and Esau. And Jacob and Isaac were brothers. And, um, sorry, Jacob and Esau were brothers, and their dad was Isaac, and their dad was getting old. His vision was getting very dim. He couldn't see as well. And his brothers, he was, he was tricked by one of his sons. But he was tricked because his eyes were dim. And sometimes when our eyes are dim, when we're tired, when our vision is starting to go, not just our vision of 2020, but our vision of the plan and purpose that we know that God has before us, when it grows dim, you settle. When it grows dim, you compromise. When it grows dim, you make decisions and choices that you wouldn't normally make. Go with me to Genesis 27. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and he said, My son. And his son said, Here I am. So basically, Esau and Jacob, one of them was a hunter. The other one liked to be by the, by, I just was going to say by the mom, but the other one liked to be at the house in the tents. The other one was out in the field hunting. The one that was the hunter was the dad's favorite. The mom, her name was Rebecca, and she was a manipulator, unfortunately. And she manipulated her sons into switching places to get the dad's birthright and blessing. His, the dad's eyes were dim. And so they fooled him. The mom said, you know what? This is how you can trick him. He's going to get hungry. He's going to want his favorite stew. You're going to go out. And he's going to think that you went out to go kill the game to serve to him. But really, I'm going to cook it for you because I have some goat around here. Just go check. Who wants some cooked goat? I don't know about that cooked goat. But I have some goat here. I'm going to cook it up. We're going to make your dad think that you are your brother, that you went out in the field. And he said, but I can't. I don't have hair. My brother's hairy. Esau's really hairy. And he said, which, by the way, they have help for that. If you feel too hairy, there's lots of help for that. But with that said, the mom said, let's put fur on your arms so that when your dad goes in to lean in to kiss you and to bless you, to speak a blessing over you, he thinks it's Esau. And as I was praying and asking God, as I speak this message on hope, give me revelation knowledge to what we're dealing with today. Here's the deal. When, when we're tired, when our lights go dim, we are going more by feel instead of common sense. Because when his son, when Jacob came in, Isaac said, your voice doesn't sound like my son Esau. So he, 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 it, somewhere inside he knew something was off. But because his son was disguised as the other brother, he ended up giving the blessing away. But he gave the blessing away because his eyes were dim. So when you are going through a tough time, when things seem dark, you can't see in front of you, there's going to be a counterfeit. And it's going to cause you to think you should settle. It's going to be super close to the right thing. 
because your eyes are dim and because you're tired and you're going to go, you know what? This kind of feels right. This seems right. And that's what happened. He blessed the wrong son. And some of us in our times of darkness, in our time when we can't see, in our times when hope is dim, we're blessing the wrong thing. We are accepting and speaking blessing and saying, that is my solution. But it's because your eyes are dim. It's because you're tired. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You do not need the counterfeit because there's a hope that comes from Jesus Christ. There's a hope that will never leave you or forsake you. There's a hope that says no matter what, on the good days and on the bad days, I'm going to trust. Because the enemy wants you to lose your trust and to lose your faith. Our Father is out in the field preparing a blessing for you. Just like in the story, he's getting a blessing for you. He's getting the sacrifice. He paid the sacrifice for you. He's out there providing for you, about to present your breakthrough, but you're leaning in and touching the wrong thing because your eyes are dim. And I'm here to tell you it is, super, it is, it is um, counterfeit, and it is not the real thing that God has for you. He is blessing. He is favor. He is provision. He is a breakthrough. I don't know what has caused your eyes to grow dim. I don't know if it was a long week. I don't know if it was disappointment. I don't know if people that you put your trust and your hope in let you down. I don't know if it's the world and all the news and the media and the craziness going on. I don't know if it's because you're a woman, if it's because you're a man, if it's because you're black, if it's because you're white, because you're Hispanic or Asian. I don't know what caused you to lose hope. But I'm just telling you we're hoping in the wrong things. We're hoping in things that are circumstantial. We are not putting our hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm here tonight to remind us that he is unwavering and that he will never leave you or forsake you. And if you find yourself in a hopeless, dark situation, you came to the right place tonight because I'm here to tell you that your God has you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Somebody needed to be reminded of that tonight. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Verse 4, where many of us live. Even though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil. You are with me. I think so many times it's so easy to think that God has left you, so therefore you lose hope because things are dark. Because your situation isn't what you prayed for. Because your situation hasn't turned around. So you lose hope. Because you think he left you. But he never left you. You just don't recognize him because you're touching the wrong thing. You're holding on to the wrong thing. The idols of this world are temporary. But when you hold on to your heavenly father and say, even though I can't see, I know you're with me. Even though I walk through the valley. The Bible didn't say we're not going to walk through the valleys. The Bible didn't say troubles aren't going to come. The Bible didn't say we didn't have to know how to have our um, fight our battles. The Bible says even though I walk through the valley, even though I don't know how my marriage is going to turn out, even though I don't know when I'm going to graduate, I'm supposed to graduate in four years, but it's taken me seven years. True story. But hey, I graduated. I was most friendly. (laughs) But with that said, even though the situation seems like it's not going to turn out, it seems like you're alone. You are not alone. That is a plan and tactic of the enemy to make you think you're by yourself, 
to lead you to depression, to lead you to compromising, to lead you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. How many of you do things that you wouldn't normally do when you feel hopeless? Yesterday, I, we had a rough day. Our daughter had a rash. It's a long story, but we had to go to the ER twice. She's fine right now, but it was a crazy day. So I found myself in the kitchen eating broccoli and chocolate chip cookies at the same time. I was a little hopeless in that moment. One hand, I had broccoli. The other hand, I had two chocolate chip cookies. It was real. But I learned as I was preparing this message that my hope is not circumstantial. I still hope in Jesus Christ. Do I know why her face broke out and was swollen and unrecognizable? No, I do not know. But instead of losing a day of peace and losing a day of not trusting, I decided that I'm putting my hope in something that is unshakable, unchanging, and unwavering. So I just want to have a rally cry tonight. For those of you that feel discouraged, for those of you that feel like, where's my peace? Where's my joy? I don't know if he's with me. I'm here to remind you that he is with you, that he is right by your side, that even though you walk through the valley, you will fear no evil because he is with you. And your rod and your staff, verse 4, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Some of you may feel like people have turned on you, people have talked about you, people have disappointed you, and you've lost hope. But tonight that hope is coming back because it says that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is never far away. He is near even when you don't recognize him. The key is recognizing his presence. I think about when I go to the dentist. I hate going to the dentist. I have dentist issues. I'm thankful for dentists. Thank God. But I just don't do well at the dentist. I'm just, don't judge me. Um, if you saw me at the dentist's office, you would think I didn't have faith. You might not even think I was a Christian. But <laughs> that's just my thing. But when Earl comes with me at the dentist and I recognize that he is with me, I have a different type of peace. So I wonder if you recognized when you're at fill in the blank, that if Jesus was with you, if it would change your ability to feel alone. If you recognize that even I'm in the doctor's office right now, I'm getting this report that is not what I planned, not what I expected, but Father God, help me to recognize you in this situation. Even though I got the wedding dress, even though I'm about to walk down the aisle, but I realize that maybe I shouldn't marry this man. God, help me to recognize you in this moment. Even though I have more bills and I have money, God, help me to recognize you. Even though I'm an empty nester and I'm used to making breakfast, lunch, and dinner for my kids, I'm used to my kids needing me and looking to me for wisdom and advice, and it seems like they don't need me, and I feel hopeless. God, I'm looking for you in this situation. We have to look for him and recognize that he is with us because we are recognizing the wrong things, giving attention and leaning on the wrong things instead of leaning on hope leaning on Christ because he has gone before you and he is with you. Psalm 42, 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? I'm talking to real people tonight going through real things, real things at Bishop Arts, real things at White Rock, real things in Antigua, real things online. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why am I feeling heavy? Why am I feeling weighed down? Why am I feel like I'm dealing with attack after attack after attack? Why so disturbed within me? Why do I feel like my peace is gone? Put your hope in God. 
in God, not in your relationship, not in your friendships, not in what you read on TV, or sorry, not what you watch on TV, not what you read online or on Instagram. We're putting our hope in the wrong things. And that's why we're discouraged. That's why we feel weighty. That's why we feel anxious sometimes is because we're putting our hope and our trust and our savings account in the wrong things. And God is saying, put it in me. Because here's the deal. The situation that keeps you up at night, the situation that is weighing you down, making you feel like you don't even want to get out of the bed. Did it die on the cross for you? Did it get defeat, death, hell, and the grave for you? It did not. So let's take those things and crush those idols. We're making things idols and bowing down and worshiping to the heaviness of this world instead of saying, God, I look to you. My help comes to you from you. My hope is in you. My peace comes from you. My joy comes from you. Are y'all out there tonight? Are you with me? We have to hope. This is something, when you understand where your hope comes from, so many times we have this candy-coated, sugar-coated Christianity that only works in the suburbs. But I'm telling you something that works in the inner city. I'm telling you something that works in the White House. I'm telling you something that works if you're a CFO. I'm telling you something that works if you're a stay-at-home mom or if you're a single mom. When you hope in Jesus Christ, that is not circumstantial. That gives you the peace to face whatever it is that you need to face no matter what goes on. The world that we live in is chaotic. It is hectic. It is weighty. But when we say, God, it doesn't make sense, but I put my hope in you. God, it's not how I thought it would be, but I put my hope in you. God, I feel discouraged right now. I put my hope and my trust in you. Here it is. Why, my soul, are you downcast? So many of us are in a season of why. Asking why. Why did it turn out this way? Why are all these bad things happening? Why, why, why? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. That means I will praise him no matter what. That means I'll praise him when I get the paycheck, but I'll praise him when I don't know where the check is coming. That means I'll praise him when I have the game-changing idea, but I will still praise him when I don't have investors to pursue the idea. That means yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. I have collected some scriptures on hope that tonight I'm going to read over you. And I'm believing, God, that no matter what you're facing, that what seems so heavy that some days it weighs you down. I don't know what your family is facing, but I know that every single one of us needs hope. I know I need hope. I, this, the last 48 hours, I feel like I've had five text messages, all of bad news, all of bad things happening to people that I love. And sometimes I think, this church is six years old. We're too young to be dealing with all these battles. And I could easily think, I guess we should throw in the towel. I guess all the things we've done so far haven't mattered. I guess all the prayers we pray don't matter. I guess God just got off the throne and forgot about us, forgot about me as a pastor. But as I was studying this, I was reminded that my hope is not in you. My hope is not in anything but Jesus Christ because he's the one who took the beating on the cross so that I could stand here today and proclaim his goodness. He's the one that can be with you when you feel like you're in prison. He's the one that can be with you on your best days and on your worst days, but he wants us to recognize him. He's saying, I'm right here. I'm in your midst. I'm right there when you're having an argument. I'm right there when you're filled with doubt. I'm right there when you're weighed down. Would you just put your eyes 
scriptures. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, would fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then, single woman, then single man, then married woman, then student, then empty nester business leader, you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Who needs the power of the Holy Spirit? I know I do. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews 11, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, in the assurance of what we do not see. You don't see your breakthrough yet, but when you put your hope in Christ, it gives you endurance, it gives you grace, it gives you strength. Zechariah 9, 12, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I'll restore double to you. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not disaster to give you a future and a what? But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Listen to this one. I'm going to take my time on it. Isaiah 43. But now, O Jacob, Israel, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. Somebody need to be reminded of that tonight. Do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. He knows your name. He knows exactly what you're facing. He knows exactly what you're believing him for. He knows exactly what you need to trust him for. I have called you by name and you are mine. You belong to him. When you go through deep waters, what does he say? I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. This situation is not gonna consume you. It will not take your life. I love this. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned. The flames will not consume you. This situation that is keeping up you, you up, up at night will not consume you. The troubles, the trials, the tribulations will not be your testimony. Your testimony will be that I was filled with hope. Your testimony will be that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me the days of my life. Can we be a church that says it's not how I thought it would be? It didn't turn out.
hope you enjoyed today's podcast, church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we'd love to know you, meet you, and hear your story. So be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in Christ and impact this world. Love you, church.